Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's me, Ian McLaren. I'm your host of this daily Boston Bruins podcast, where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today is Tuesday, October 27th. There's not much in the way of Bruins news to discuss, but we will get into a couple interesting tidbits and rumors out there, as well as... Uh, share a conversation that I had this morning with uh, Jesse Gauntz, who you may know as a former host of the Spoke to Be podcast, as well as the guy featured in recent uh, engagement photos that blew up on Twitter, where he showed up wearing a Brad Marchand jersey, and, and we'll get into that story as well. Before we dive in, let me remind you that you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. We're also on Instagram at Locked On Boston Bruins. If you want to find me and my terrible dad jokes and attempt at hockey analysis, it's at ENC McLaren, the same on Instagram. The podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. Please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, rate, and review, all of which would be very much appreciated. Now, there was no podcast yesterday, and that's because we're kind of winding down through the offseason, and you might expect only three podcasts per week until training camp, at least. Uh, So again, if you subscribe, then you'll just find when each new episode is made available automatically, which would be uh, your best way to stay on top of the podcast. Now, just to reset a bit where we're at in the Bruins offseason, there's still some question marks that face Don Sweeney, the biggest of which being what to do with Jake DeBrusque and also what will become of Zdeno Chara. The Bruins have re-signed Matt Grizzlick, They've re-signed Jacobs Borrell. They have re-signed Carson Kuhlman and Zach Sinitian. There's still some tantalizing free agents that remain out there, including Mike Hoffman, Anthony Duclair. The left side of the defense still probably needs some work, and Mackenzie Wieger's name is out there as well. All that to say, there's some questions about the Bruins roster at the moment and some unfinished business to take care of. I think The only positions where they are well set is uh, the right side with David Pasternak, Andre Kasha, Craig Smith, uh, down the middle with Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Charlie Coyle, Sean Corrali, Jack Stanika coming up as well, and then as well in net with Rask and Halak. Uh, The left side, there's questions on both defense and forward with the departure of Tori Krug, with Jake DeBrusque yet to be resigned, and you know, the options remaining out there via free agency as well. All of this we'll continue to keep track of here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. And again, there's really nothing to mention in terms of news at the moment. DJ Bean of NBC Sports wondering kind of what 
is going to happen uh, with Jake DeBrusque said, if they were serious about making a big splash this offseason, he would be the biggest trade chip. If they're not going to trade him, he wonders how much the winger should get on his next contract and for how long. He's suggesting around $4 million on a short-term deal of three to four years. That would be spectacular if if Don Sweeney could make that happen. Uh, I don't see him signing for that long of term with that cap it. I could see him taking a two-year deal maybe at that and then banking on himself to get a big raise on his next deal. But the reality is the Bruins only have $6.65 million to spend before they reach the cap ceiling, and that's with DeBrusque and hopefully Chara yet to sign. So if they want to make a bigger splash in free agency, someone will have to be moved out, and that could be DeBrusque, that could be Brandon Carlo. Ideally, that would be John Moore or Nick Ritchie or both would be would be the best case scenario there. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much where we are with the Bruins at the moment. Not really much to report. And uh, we will continue to stay on the breaking news. And if something does happen, be sure to uh, check the Twitter account at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And also uh, keep up with the podcast by subscribing. Before I get to my chat with Jesse, let me talk for another moment about rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. They have everything that you could possibly need for your vehicle. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. If you're trying to get through the workday and you feel that you've hit a wall, I suggest turning to Built Go. They're easy to take in. 1.5 ounce packages make it super simple to stow away in your briefcase or your golf bag or even your pocket. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy boost without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural and better for your body. Basically, it's a like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Comes in three delicious flavors. My favorite is peanut butter honey so far, but you can also try chocolate coconut and chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with a collagen protein and it's loaded with good stuff to ignite your workday like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It literally makes you look better as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, I'm joined uh, now by uh, Jesse Gotts. He is a former host of uh, the Spoke B podcast, and uh, many of you might have seen uh, his very cool uh engagement photo shoot on uh 
Twitter recently where he where he showed up wearing a Brad Marchand jersey, and we'll get into that uh, in a few moments. But uh, yeah, thanks thanks so much for taking some time to chat, Jesse. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I uh, this is kind of weird. I didn't think I'd ever be a guest on a podcast for any reason at all. So <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to be on. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. It's uh, great to connect. We we connected a couple of weeks ago, I guess, uh, after kind of that photo shoot uh, tweets blew up and yeah. yeah it's been good to, to start getting to know you a bit and to see kind of what's been going on um, I usually start asking people kind of how they got into hockey how they got into the Bruins uh, before we start recording you mentioned you're in you're in Philadelphia so maybe or near Philadelphia so maybe maybe you can talk a bit about what it's like to be a Bruins fan uh, kind of in a, a city like that as well but yeah how did you get into hockey How'd you become a Bruins fan? Uh, what's that story? So my dad is from Boston and that entire side of my family is from up that way. Okay. Um, so he moved to Philadelphia in the late eighties. And then I was born in the early nineties, but he was one of those Bruins fans who kind of swore them off after a while because he was sick of the way that the Jacobs were owning the team. <laughs> yep. So by the time I was old enough to understand what hockey was and start watching it, he had already swore them off. So I kind of got into it on my own. But as far as the other teams in Boston, all three, well, yeah, all three, the Patriots, the Red Sox, and the Celtics, um, he would still watch those games religiously. Mm. So growing up, it was pretty much the only thing that was on in our house. So it was all I ever knew. So even being from Philadelphia, like I got ingrained in the Boston sports culture really early and it just stuck with me. Okay. How did that work? Like television wise, how did you, how'd you get that in like through satellite or? Yeah. So when direct TV became a thing, um, that's when it really started because I remember in like the, the late nineties was when I first start or when I first remember, uh, watching Patriots games and Celtics games. Um, it took me a little bit longer to get into the Red Sox than it did everybody else. And then, um, for some reason, like he never paid for the NHL package, but for some reason we had Nesson as part of the direct TV package. So, Awesome. They would show Bruins games, and so I would watch them, and, and I was just completely, like, entranced by everything that was going on. And, I, you know, I, I would try and talk to him about it, but, you know, at that point he was still – he used to refer to them as the cheapskates. So <laughs> um, he would he would only call them that. So, like, I'd be watching a game or whatever, and he'd be like, oh, are you watching the cheapskates? Uh-huh. And eventually it got to me. But once, uh, once 2010 turned – so this is, you know, great time to get back into it. So um, – 2010 playoffs happen they beat buffalo and he actually watched a bunch of those games because he saw how into it i got yeah and he was like all right let me let me give it another shot <laughs> so then of course we all know what happens in the second round they go up 3-0 against philly and and yeah. then they blow it and i remember after game seven he looks at me and he goes welcome to being a bruins fan uh, yeah. oh man yeah that was that must have been interesting like living where you are and having to deal with that was a lot of people chirping you after that or giving you a hard time for- not actually no not really uh, some people did but it really wasn't there wasn't much of it um i think they were more they were more what's the word i guess they were just happy to be in the conference finals because if i remember right i think the flyers were a seventh seed that season and they had almost as much problems uh, scoring as the Bruins did. And they, I just, they, they had a bunch of goaltending problems, which I mean, Philly usually does, except for, you know, now they got a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, so I think they were just happy to, you know, to be there. I think it wasn't so much that they beat the Bruins. I think it was just happy. They were just happy that they moved on to the next round. Yeah. It's funny looking back at that because that was, yeah. Philadelphia was a low seed that year. Montreal was a low seed that year and they made it to the conference finals backed by uh 
Halak, who's now yeah. a Bruin, obviously, and would have been interesting if the Bruins had made it and played Halak at that point. And, uh, you know, who knows what, if they would have even had a relationship now, but yeah, obviously the next year they, they swept the flyers and then the rest is kind of history for 2011, for sure. That, that was, a that was, yeah, the highlight of my Bruins, Bruins loving life. I'm sure it was the same for you. Yeah. Oh my God. When they won, I cried like a baby. That's like, <laughs> I think that's, that's the, that's only the second time I cried over a sporting event. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually I got more emotional. I've talked about this before, but I got more emotional when uh, Nathan Horton scored in game seven against the lightning. Oh yeah. The fact that they, I never, not that I never thought it would happen, but just the fact that they got to the finals and had a chance to be play for the cup, you know, they were going to go play Vancouver. They were a juggernaut. I wasn't really expecting them to win that maybe, but just to have the chance to be there was um, more emotional for me, I think. And especially the way game seven against Vancouver played out, it wasn't really super dramatic. Yeah. Um, so I kind of had more time to like simmer and enjoy that and, have a couple beers like in the third period with a with a decent lead, so yeah, that that game for me for sure was uh was more emotional. In terms of kind of the current Bruins, what are your thoughts on, I guess how this past season went uh, and, and the playoff bubble, kind of what are you what are you thinking about about that result and the expectations maybe that they had coming into it? I gave myself false hope when they. <laughs> lightning in game one yeah i mean they got they jumped out to what it was like a three nothing the lead and then the lightning almost came back in the final minutes yeah but i you know i told myself after game one because i had the same thought in 2018 when they won game one in that series i was like all right they won game one gotta win game two because i think two and three were back to backs that's right yeah you know i was i was happy but i was also still pretty nervous because at that point um the lightning were just running through people and even before the shutdown they were running through people so even before like the shutdown i was starting to get nervous about tampa um so you know as far as the the current state of the team goes i don't know if they're better or worse on paper right now i mean i guess they'd say they're a little bit worse because you know tory crew goes to st louis and i like the craig smith signing and to be totally honest with you i didn't i mean i knew who he was but i didn't know a whole lot about him until you know i did some research after they signed him so you know, five on, as you well know, five on five scoring was a big issue last year. It had been for a while. Definitely. So, you know, that definitely helps, but then, you know, I worry about their back end now because you know, Krug was such an important piece and Char is unsigned. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he comes back at some point. Um, but, yeah, you, know, they can't, you know, you know, as well as I do, they can't keep playing them 20 minutes a night. No. So they got to find somebody to pair with McAvoy I would, I would think that Grizzlick takes over Krug's uh, power play duties because he's shown he can do that. So, you know, I mean, they'll still be competitive. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll probably be a top four. Or, no, I forgot. The realignment doesn't work like that. They'll probably be number two in the in the Atlantic again. Probably get, I don't know, Toronto or Columbus in the first round next year, and then we'll just see what happens. But yeah. they're closing. I think um, they really need to start infusing some of that younger talent in there. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with – you know, Zaboral, I've heard that he's going to get a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, second line, right wing, we've, or just a, just a, any, any wing really on the second line. It's been an issue for years. You know, I, I liked what Kasha brought um, against Carolina. I, he almost reminded me in a way of like, if this makes any sense, like Yarmir Yager and Tyler Sagan in the 2013 playoffs, where like they were doing everything right. And the only thing they couldn't do was score. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what they do there. I don't know if they bring back DeBrusque. I don't know if they trade him. Um, I mean, I, I personally, I like DeBrusque, but, you know, he's one of those streaky goal scorers. So mm-hmm. when he's on a hot streak, he's unstoppable. But when he's cold, it seems like the cold streaks last longer than the hot streak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I think I think the point you made about Craig Smith is – is really good. I don't think a lot of, I, even I wasn't super familiar with them. Um, and I think the same is true of, of Kasha people didn't really know much about him. Cause he plays in, he played in Anaheim. He uh, didn't really endear himself by not scoring, even though, like you said, it wasn't because of a lack of effort on the right side with Pasternak healthy. And those two, I think they're very well set there. A lot of questions on the left side, like you said. I, I don't know what they're going to do with Jake DeBrusque. Um, I mean, I kind of see both sides of um, keeping him, letting him grow. But at the same time, he's, you know, regressed numbers-wise every couple of years now. And is he a 30-goal guy? I, I don't know. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And then, yeah, the left side of the defense is still the big – question mark for me for sure yeah I if if not that my opinion matters but if I'm Don Sweeney I'm just going for it like if you if you go out spend five six million on Mike Hoffman I mean that's that's a proven 25 30 goal scorer yep with with the way that this core is aging I mean Bergeron's gonna be what 35 at some point next season or before this I don't know when his birthday is but I think he already he might already be 37 Yikes. Well, then there you go. The, 37, I, sorry, 35, 35. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's got to be some sense of urgency and I'm sure they know that, but if I'm them and you know, your core, the time with this core is running out, I think you got to go for it. Yeah. I mean, ideally it would be amazing if they could sign Mike Hoffman to like a one-year deal, um, sign DeBrusque to a bridge deal. Then, then you have Marsha and Hoffman and DeBrusque. That's probably a pipe dream, but yeah, that would be if you could have Jake DeBrusque as your third line left winger with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith. That would be like that top nine would be stacked up against any team in, in the NHL, I think. Yeah, well, Anthony Blair's still out there too. That would be about Yeah, I've been asking, I've been pining for him on Twitter a lot. <laughs> he, he would oh, be, trust uh, me, I've seen it. Yeah, he would be. That would be an amazing addition, I think. Yeah, I think he would do really well, even on the third line with Coyle and uh, and Smith for sure. So yeah, a lot of question marks still, and hopefully something something happens sooner than later, and we get a bit more clarity on the roster. Um, but yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on too was to uh, to talk about this. I'll let you tell the story, but you know there was the the tweet that your fiance I guess put up where. She kind of uh, not called you out, but just pointed out the fact that uh, you came to your engagement photo shoot with a uh, with a Brad Marchand jersey on. First of all, congratulations on the engagement, and uh, yeah, just kind of tell tell that story and uh, kind of how she reacted and uh, if you actually got some pictures taken in the, in the jersey and how that all went. So the picture that you saw on Twitter is one of the only ones there are like two okay. others from that like from different angles but it's right. literally me doing that same thing right right so the story isn't as glorious as as i think a lot of people had hoped it to be um so basically 
So we got engaged in 2019. Actually, we got engaged the day after. And this is crazy that I remember it this way. But we got engaged the day after game two against Toronto in 2019. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, that's how I remember. She, if she hears this, she'll probably kill me for saying <laughs> that. Whatever. Anyway, um, so I, it was weird because, like, we've been planning the wedding almost for a year now. So we're getting married in 2022. Okay. Um, and that was before this whole coronavirus thing happened. We had already planned 2022, like not long after we got engaged. Okay. Um, so we were discussing like colors for the wedding, like what we want our, you know, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen and whatnot. Right. And this is a joke. I said, why don't we do black and gold? <laughs> and I don't remember if I was watching a Bruins game when I said that. Yeah. Um, but I, I had that in mind just, you know, just to be funny. And I, to my surprise, she was like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, are you serious? Like I, that was a total joke. And yeah. she was like, no, I kind of, I actually kind of liked the idea. And I was like, okay, great. Um, and then we had, we had the engagement shoot planned for a little while. So that, that happened obviously a couple of weeks ago. Right. And I was just like, you know what, can I, can I swear on the show or no? Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I was basically just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do something kind of funny. Like people yeah. people know me as, I wouldn't say a comedian. I, I'm not funny outside of my group of friends, but right. if you know me well, then you probably think I'm at least somewhat funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? Just for the hell of it. So I brought the jersey and, you know, the photo is staged and I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Because um, I think some people actually thought that it wasn't. And right, right. you know, there's there's no way because I mean you can see in the photo I'm wearing a collared shirt underneath, so right. it was obviously planned. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. People on Twitter be like, "This is stage." Well, like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of the point. Oh shit, yeah. Um, so I show up and she was like, "Are you really gonna wear that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, we're only gonna take one or two photos in it, so what the hell?" Yeah. Our photographer's so cool. She was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Like that's that's pretty funny. So we did it, and then, you know, it it just i was not expecting that to blow up and also i want to say something else real quick about that sure she she said thanks at nhl bruins for ruining my uh engagement yeah. that some people took that way out of context <laughs> and actually thought she was like dissing them like no right. it was, so let's let's you know let's take twitter a little less serious here please people, people overreacting on twitter that's that's unheard of yeah <laughs> so like, it was supposed to be stupid it was supposed to be cringy it was staged it was yeah. just for so, you know, it, it was cool. We, we didn't expect it to blow up like it did because we had, you know, you, you got in touch with me. Yeah. Somebody from, I think it was channel seven in Boston wanted okay. to interview us, but that, that hasn't happened yet. Um, NBC, NBC's Boston affiliate wanted to use the photos. I don't know if they ever did. Yeah. And then there was a, a cookie place and I forget the name of it. So I apologize. Um, there's a cookie place out in Dorchester that, uh, we're basically like, Hey, you know, next time you're in town, stop by. We'll oh, give you no some stuff. I was like, Hey, like, I'll never turn that stuff down. Yeah. Right. So yeah, no, it was cool. We got our 15 minutes of fame and she tried to take it a step further by putting it on TikTok. I don't, I don't oh, know yeah. if you, I don't know if you're I'm a fan not out there myself. No, but no, I'm not, I'm not either. I can't stand <laughs> whatever. Um, so she put it on TikTok, and then it, it caught like somewhat of a second wind last week. Oh, yeah. So I think it got up to like 30 to 35,000 views or something oh, wow. like that. So, we actually, for a second, we thought that something might come of it. Like we were kind of hoping that like Brad Marchand or somebody from the Bruins would see it, but no yeah. one has yet. And it, as of now, it's pretty dead. I don't know if it'll, you know, get another set of legs. 
Yeah, like, yeah. I think part of it was like the if it had been like a, a Bergeron jersey or a I don't know McAvoy jersey, that would have been one thing. But I think the fact that it was like Brad Marchand and his whole reputation and vibe with uh, you know engagement photo shoot that I think added to it as well. Just, yeah, well that that was kind of my plan from the beginning because I have a couple other uh, Bruins jerseys, but yeah. I knew that one would get the biggest reaction. So that yeah. was that was my thought process when I was like, let me see how much chaos I can incite on the internet by wearing this and see what happens. Who, uh, who, who would you say is your favorite Bruin currently? Currently? Uh, it would probably be him. Cause I'm, I'm an agent of chaos and I just, I, he's, he's calmed it down a little bit in terms of the way he plays, but yeah. I just, I love how pe- like, I love how pissed off other people get when yeah. they see him. Yeah. I've long maintained that like, if he had been drafted by any other team, any other fan base, like risen up through the system and been as successful with any other team, he would be beloved by, by any fan base. Like people, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. he had been drafted by the Canadians, Canadian fans would love him, even though they hate his guts now, like even Vancouver, any team, he just endears himself to that fan base and pisses everybody else off. But everybody There's else. There's a weird there's a weird faction of Bruins fans who don't even like him. I don't know if you've seen those people on Twitter, but oh. uh, oh, yeah. uh, there, there, there aren't many of them at all, but I've seen them and they're just, I don't know. It's weird. I think I've, uh, you know, pruned my, uh, my follow list enough where I I've been able to tune, especially the, the Tuca haters. Those, oh. if that's even a, a mention, it's, I, I can't, I can't even deal with that. I, I can't. <sighs> it blows my mind yeah. how much he got for the whole bubble thing. Yeah, like, for sure. It was a family thing. I, I don't, I don't get Yeah, it. exactly. What about um, all time favorite Bruin? Would it still be Marchand or is there somebody else who jumps up? All time. Um, well, I mean, I guess considering I haven't really been watching the Bruins too long. I mean, I'm 29, so um, I don't have too long a list to go off of, but yeah. I mean, I guess I would have to say it was probably Bergeron. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's probably. I wouldn't like to say it was like Cam Neely or Bobby Orr because I mean I never saw them play. It would be like me saying Larry Bird is my favorite Celtic and I never right, watched. Right, him. yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit older, so I was able to watch Neely play. So he's definitely my my number one guy. But in terms of kind of like in the 2000s, it's, it's Bergeron for sure. You can't can't go wrong with with Bergeron. Yeah, I I mean I've always had that debate between Bergeron and Chara, and I, I mean like you can't yeah. go wrong with either, but. What he did in, in the cup final in you know 2019 coming back from that broken jaw, like yeah. that didn't up your level of appreciation for him. Yeah. I will never stop thinking about game seven and that opportunity that was missed there. Like if you play that game a hundred times, I would say that they win 99 of them. And uh, I, I, listen, I don't make predictions and I don't make guarantees anymore. After the Patriots lost to the Giants in the perfect uh, season in 07. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I I swore up and down the Bruins were gonna win that game. Yeah, I thought there was yeah. no way they would lose it. And they had like two, I think at least two glorious chances to score when it was zero zero in the first. Like yeah. I remember, uh, there was a Krejci chance, there was a Marshan chance. If even one of those had gone in, it could have changed the whole the whole complexion of the game. And yeah, no that that was one of those that I knew after the first ten minutes that they didn't score, it was gonna go sideways and yeah. then once um what was the first goal of that game was the was the the bad change by marshawn right i don't remember who it was who uh, i think that was this 
feel like that was the second goal, or was it the first? I don't remember. Um, yeah, I kind anyway, of. It, it, anyway, when St. Louis got out to the one nothing lead, I knew right away. I was like, "We're they're in trouble." Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. yeah. And that uh, I actually turned it off midway through the third period. I just couldn't. I couldn't bear to watch. You're a better person than I am because I watched it to the end. Like I figured. I mean, I would have obviously regretted it. Well, I would have turned it back on if they had made it within like a goal or something because I was still on Twitter. But um, yeah, the way things were going, it just didn't. It didn't have that like 2013 Leafs game seven vibe to it. It just felt. Yeah. It felt over for sure. Now that that game almost reminded me in a way of um, 2011. Uh, game seven against Vancouver because the Bruins basically yeah. the Blues basically did to the Bruins what the Bruins did to the Canucks. Yeah. So yeah. it was almost like it was almost like karma coming back to bite us. Yeah, so, true. And, I don't know. I just that was what I was thinking about that entire game, and it just it made it even worse. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, yeah, I won't uh, take up too much more of your time. Thanks so much for for taking some time to jump on. I usually ask people as well, kind of what. Uh, with no hockey on right now, kind of you have any Netflix recommendations or something you're watching these days that, that people should be, should be watching if they're not already. Uh, what's, what's keeping you busy these days? I've been struggling with that actually. Um, oh, yeah. I just started watching Shit's Creek. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. I'm only, I watch it very casually though. So I like, I started the first episode a couple of weeks ago and I think I'm only like five or six in. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're a star Wars fan, but the Mandalorian starts streaming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that for sure. Nah, yeah. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but that that's like my favorite Star Wars anything. I yeah, no, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so any any Star Wars content I can eat up is yeah, is so, yeah, you it's know, really good. I'll be watching that Friday night for sure. Yeah, definitely cool. Um, where can people find you uh, on Twitter? And uh, I guess yeah, if the Spoke to Be podcast still lives somewhere. Where can people find that? The Spoke to Be podcast is unfortunately dead. Okay. Uh, so that I don't even know if the Twitter account exists. So my old co-host Zach, who's still a good friend of mine, had access to the Twitter account. I don't know if he ever deleted it. Okay. Uh, but I'm on Twitter at JG Not Pajo. Yeah. Um, if anybody you know wants to follow me and my terrible sports takes, please feel free. I only have 46 followers, so I'm trying to up that count a little bit. Yeah, that should be way higher. I'm all yeah. terrible sports takes, so yeah, right in my wheelhouse. Isn't it? Isn't it in all our wheelhouses? I think so. Yeah. What else is there these days? Uh, I mean, if you want to talk politics, we can talk that, but I don't think you do. Oh no, uh, no, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's avoid that. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather. Right, I'd ra- I just want to talk sports and music. That's all yeah, I care about. For sure. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for for taking some time, and uh, yeah, I'll see you uh, see you on Twitter, and uh, I'll let you know when this goes up for sure, and uh, hopefully, yeah, maybe. Uh, you can get Marchand to, to actually appear at your wedding. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. <laughs> All right, man. We'll take care. Thanks so much. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you later. I talked earlier about Built Go, but you should also check out Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake. They're all gluten-free, which is important for me as someone who has celiac. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. However, they are perfect for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. 
They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Now, if you go to builtbar.com right now, you can use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. You can pick the bars that you want, mix and match, put them together in a box, and at checkout, make sure to use promo code locked on and you can get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. Now, the big news around the NHL on Monday was a very disturbing revelation about a prospect that was recently selected by the Arizona Coyotes. The team is facing criticism for selecting Mitchell Miller in 2020 after it was revealed the defenseman admitted to repeated bullying, hitting, and racially taunting an African-American classmate who also has developmental disabilities. This happened about four years ago. The club and GM Bill Armstrong responded with statements pointing out Miller sent a letter to all 31 NHL teams acknowledging his behavior and expressing remorse, but the mother of the victim said he has never personally apologized, making it very empty, those words. Armstrong had not officially taken over as GM when Miller was selected, but still was in the organization at the time. It's a very disturbing story and a really bad look for a Coyotes team that was said to be dedicated to inclusion. And, you know, I do believe in second chances, but the fact that this kid has not apologized directly to his victim and has shown, you know, zero remorse above what it takes to convince NHL teams to take a chance on him um, is is pretty gross. We here at Locked On Boston Bruins, zero tolerance for racism, zero tolerance for bullying. And, uh, you know, it's a real shame that the Coyotes felt the need to, to give this kid a chance. They probably wouldn't have been the only team to do so, uh, but they did. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really disappointing. And the reality is that, you know, there's players like Akeem Aliou, uh, even Josh Hosang, who just signed a $700,000 two-way contract with the Islanders to avoid arbitration. These kids coming up, calling out racism, um, doing things a bit differently. They get labeled as problems. They don't get those second chances. You can bet that if this kid with the Coyotes organization had been on the other end and had been calling out a player like uh, Mitchell that he would not be afforded the same grace. Uh, and so, you know, really unfortunate and uh, not a great look for hockey in general. Now, speaking of problematic issues, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins recently released uh, their assistant general manager and are apparently looking at bringing Dale Talon in to join the Penguins in some capacity. Talon, of course, is still under investigation for a racial slur uttered in the bubble and why the Penguins would consider this is beyond me, especially based on how he wasn't able to really help turn around the Florida Panthers, but whatever. Hockey problematic at its core and um you know sometimes it's really hard to love this sport but uh but we do and 
just try to help make it better every day. That's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thanks again to Jesse for for joining me. And uh, yeah, great to have a, a new member of Locked On Boston Bruins community, a new a new friend on Twitter, and uh, a great guy to to connect with for sure. And I'm sure I'll, he'll be on the podcast again in the future. I hope you are all doing well. I hope you're all taking care of yourselves and each other. It's a, a difficult time out there for sure. And we can and we will get through it uh, together. So, yeah, take care of yourselves, friends. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Send in some mailbag questions if you have any, and uh, I'll try to get to those as best I can. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.